All right. Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who set us apart in order to sanctify us with his commandments and instructed us to occupy ourselves with the words of the Torah. Adonai, our God, please make the words of your Torah pleasant in our mouths and in the mouths of your people, the family of Israel, so that we, our offspring, and the descendants of your people, the family of Israel, all of us, may be knowers of your name and learners of your Torah for its own sake. Blessed are you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people, Israel. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who chose us from all the nations of the world to give us his Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. My... Uh, my desire tonight is to raise as much uh, uh, dissension and uh, <laughs> and discourse, yes, as as I can. <laughs> yeah, what what a surprise, Johnny's like, yeah, what's new? Marriage, marriage between one man and one woman is the only domestic legal union that shall be valid or recognized in this state. This section does not prohibit a private party from entering into contracts with another private party, nor does this section prohibit courts from adjudicating the rights of private parties pursuant to such contracts. Such is the marriage amendment that's coming before the state of North Carolina on, uh, on election day one week from today, precisely correct. So, Coming to us in all real Israel, perhaps for good. That's right. So, what I'd like to talk about tonight is your view on marriage. How many think marriage is a good thing? Okay, great. So, the uh, the question really really comes down to a question between the Bible, Martin Luther, and John Calvin. <laughs> Let's see. Where will I, where will I fall on this? Okay. Yeah. Exactly right. That's right. Yes. Martin Luther said that marriage is a a social estate of the earthly kingdom, subject to prince, not the pope. An earthly estate, an estate of the earthly kingdom subject to the prince, not the pope. What's essentially, what is Martin Luther saying? Can be regulated by the state. Can or cannot? Must be. It's a civil matter. Yeah. A state of the earthly kingdom subject to the prince, not the pope. It's not religious at all. It has to do with civil matters of the state. John Calvin, on the other hand, right about 1575, I think, taught that marriage was a combination. It's a covenant of grace that required the coercive power of the state to preserve its integrity. <laughs> let, me, let me say that again for the people in Gastonia who went, what? 
For those, for those in Gastonia, John Calvin taught that marriage was a covenant of grace that required the coercive power of the state to preserve its integrity. Unbelievable. So, in John Calvin's marriage ordinance of Geneva, he said the dual requirements of state registration and church consecration. You can tell as a preacher, right? Let's do that again. State registration and church consecration constitute marriage for recognition. Well, that's actually kind of like the way the U.S. US states look at Precisely. And they got it from our brother, Yochanan. We can thank John for the fact that we have a state registration in a church consecration. So, before we get into whether or not you agree with John or you disagree with Martin... You might have to coerce us. Yeah. Um, what I'd like to do is, is, let's back up in time. Can you tell me about marriage in Rome? Well, back here where we have a Roman Senate, we have Caesars and so forth. Tell me about marriage in Rome. Essentially monogamous. Essentially monogamous, but were homosexual unions permitted? In fact, they were. Sure, Cicero and whatnot. You had... You had these guys. Yeah, you've got Cicero's son was married to another man, and you've got homosexual unions. Now, we would think that the homosexual recognition and, and rising and so forth brought down the Roman Empire, but I think that it was simply a contributing factor. So, what about in the days of Rashi over in this corner? What was marriage about then? How did that come about? In Rashi, it was monogamous, was it? Well, didn't Gershom say that... Rabbi Gershom, yes. What did Rabbi Gershom say? He was pressing for the monogamous relationship. Tell me, was there ever... You're, you're leaning now on the Jewish mindset. We weren't with the Romans, I don't think. So when we're looking at Rashi, prior to that Gershom, Rabbi Gershom made a change. And his change that went out to the Sephardi was? The Sephardi were definitely the more liberal because they were in Muslim lands. But what was he making the proclamation for? What was he saying they had to do? They need to be monogamous, but it didn't, didn't hit the Ashkenazi world quite as hard because Rabbi Gershom was... Uh, addressing them. Was there ever a homosexual component in Jewish marriage? At the time of Rashi? How about Rabbi Gershom? How about in the days of the Master? How about back in Ezra's day? King David? Moses? No. So if we're going to talk about marriage, we need to talk about who is defining it. Right? So if we're talking about our faith, there's never been nor could there ever be a homosexual component, could there? It's just not possible. Now, I need you to tell me, for the folks in Gastonia, how can this be? Why would we not have to deal with the homosexual marriage, relationship, co-partner thing? Why, why is that? Greg, tell, talk to me. Because it's a forbidden relationship according to Leviticus 18. 
So, got uh, Time of Ezra, Nehemiah, got a couple of guys, want to do that house thing together. So, you're, you're saying, is not an option? Uh, well, well, they could... It's not possible, Doctor? Well, well it's possible, but they'll suffer the consequence if and, brought before the, the Okay. For, a, for to honor... Calvin, a rhyme on this might be. Do we want? To, uh, no, I'm sorry. No, that's not. I'm sorry. A rhyme on this might be. It's not condoned. Instead, you'll be stoned. Oh, boom! Very nice. Stoning was uh, was the uh, the remedy. The the prescribed remedy for this desire. For this desire worked out. They could have thought could've. all they want. <laughs> that's right, but it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, the so. First, but we're gonna throw first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 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 the idea of the homosexual being in the closet is something that Judaism would would not have a problem with because it's the working out of that thought that would cause a problem. And how deep that closet is. Okay, um. so we understand then that from a from wow. a from a Jewish perspective. This is never an issue. This is an issue today. Why, Jonathan? Amongst the Reformed Jews. And what kind of Jews? Reformed Jews. Reformed Jews. Some conservative Jews, and even a sprinkling of Orthodox Jews, are more accepted, are more accepting in this matter. And it's although I, I think a lot of that generates Orthodox. You consider, but I think a lot of that generates out of. Jewish people, because of their persecuted status over the centuries, tend, in general, to gravitate towards minority groups. This was true in the civil rights battle in the 1960s. This is true with all sorts of different types of charities and organizations. Whether or not, ironically enough, whether they agree with a lot of their other politics, it's probably a big reason why Jews in America tend to vote Democrat. There's just a tendency to, to turn towards minority groups. So... If this is an issue where Jews who can finagle it somehow religiously in their I, minds... I think it's finagle, but go ahead. Anyway, um, that the tendency towards minority groups is what's, I think, a, a playing factor there. Do you think it's, do you think it's towards the minority view or towards the liberal view? No, it's, or are they one and the same? No, it's, it's persecution. It's a persecution issue. Right. It's a, so they, is laudable. So, because they were persecuted. So they grab onto... Because a commiserating. We were slaves, okay. or we are kind to those who are slaves. Got you. Okay. So, so we're looking at a minority view, and they're going to grab that. Now, can you justify an orthodox position in this regard? Um, interesting question, and I, I, I know, but there is one group of orthodox Jews in Israel, and I think it's near uh, somewhere in the north. A orthodox rabbi realizes this is an issue and wants to nip it in the bud and has established a, a foundation that will find men that have this issue, find women that have this issue, and he has numbers to show that if you take a man and a wife from, you know, from these type of pool groups, they have this issue in common, and in fact, over time, they can relate more and they eventually, I guess, work, work out their differences in a monogamous right. And they become more of his job. I'm not married to the idea. Right, the matchmaking and... He's, uh, he's, really he's causing a correction. Now that's cool, but... Right. 
I'm not hearing you give me a, a defense from an orthodox perspective for this behavior. Oh, I, there's no defense for it. Okay, so I'm, I'm confused then. I'm saying for his, his method of not... not uh, I, I, I would like to think that... It's an outreach. Uh, it's, exactly. It's, it's an outreach that has potential that, hey, if, if, if he's getting men and women who are messed up mentally to kind of work through this together... Yeah. And the end result is something that's actually uh, d- desirable and God honoring. Yes, and I think that's a, that's a. Okay, so let, let me let me just see if I can paraphrase okay. for those that are listening from afar and can't see the facial expression. So, um, we've already got this uh, mental problem with homosexuality. I think is the is the way you put it. It's this mental issue. Okay, so I just want to you know kind of get our sound bites here so that they, you know the so they can get it. Yeah, the bad wiring thing. So, um, I'm. I thought I understood you at first to say that Reform Judaism, conservative Judaism, and even now, believe it or not, Orthodox Judaism are embracing this homosexual mindset as being acceptable. But the example you gave was not of a man, Orthodox though he may be, that thought it was acceptable, but rather wanted to use it as an outreach ministry to help them rehabilitate and, and fix the problem. Right? Yeah. It's not like they're approving of Exactly. Exactly. So, so I question, is that any different from where you and I would be mentally? I think there are some Orthodox, well, a very small group of Orthodox who have been accepting of it. Jonathan was just giving a contrasting example of some Orthodox who are not. Okay, so I would, you know, just to refute that, um, not the fact that it's true, but to respond to it, I would say if they believe that is acceptable, then by definition, they're not orthodox anymore. Their halakha may be orthodox, but their theology has now become, in my opinion, unorthodox. With one exception. You, you just you said two dudes, I think is what you said. I, I, probably, yes. <laughs> but that works, yes. Um, it definitely is a male even, persuasion. Even orthodox, orthodox uh, do not see uh, women in the same way. Hmm. Some of the because homosexual the, view. The prohibition, the prohibition. Man shall Torah, not lie with man. The prohibition of the Torah is specific men. Yes. Which is a great boon to the pornography industry. I mean, if you think about it. Regardless, the point is that I'm just I'm I'm telling I'm, I'm not saying they would necessarily condone or promote. I'm just saying that theologically they have no. Theologically, they don't have that issue. There could be an out there. Basically. Yeah. And I can work with that. And, that, and that's and that's, and that's where and that's precisely the angle that the homosexual community uses with Orthodox Judaism. Is so you get a foot in the door on the female side. Okay. Okay. That's great. That's great. Well, Romans one's clear. Yeah. Well. And Paul's a, and Paul's a, or a scholar. Died in the wall. Okay. All right, so we've we've uh, we've fleshed it out a bit. Are we okay? Are you okay? So you, you guys are feeling good on this side, the cheap seats. I mean, really, you know. Yeah, you okay? All right. How about you guys on the soft seats? We're good. We're straight. <laughs> oh, okay, that's great. Okay, the straight seats. So far, there hasn't even any acrimony. How are you, you going to start? That's right. I'm going to. I'm going to get there. So, uh, so, so this this marriage amendment.
Now, in, in, in the light of, of our discussion that we've had so far, marriage between one man and one woman is the only domestic legal union that shall be valid or recognized in this state. That's what we're voting on next week. So, I guess... Uh, I guess then I should be able to assume that everybody in this room would be voting for the marriage amendment. Yes or no? You're voting for the marriage amendment? Yes? South Carolina won't be voting at all. If you were living in North Carolina, don't be a weasel. Um, would you vote for it? Yes? Almost all? Yeah? How about who's not going to vote against Who's going to vote against it? The amendment is defining. I'm, I'm reading you the amendment. It says, and I quote, Marriage between one man and one woman is the only domestic legal union that shall be valid or recognized in this state. So, so is there anybody voting against it? Anybody? 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 I'm going to vote against it. So I think it's absolutely appalling that we would vote for this. And I'm going to try and convince you to vote against it, even you, though you can't vote. So you, so you bought the little signs that say, Amendment 1 hurts children? Have you seen those? I have seen those, and uh, Peter brought to my attention this amazing couple of websites about how health benefits are going to be torn out from this family and uh, free lunches and several other programs. I'm going to get you on a different reason. I'm going to ask you... Should should we promote and continue to promote this concept that the state should be involved in any way in religious affairs or in the validating of a union brought before God? So I ask you, since I have been married, my son-in-law has been married and many of you have been married, I ask you, is it necessary? Do you find that it's, didn't you find it kind of, I'm going to use the word, bear with me, don't you think it's kind of queer? (laughs) That's a word we had to give up, right? Don't you find it kind of queer that you had to go to the state to get a license to be married which included a blood test, in order to then stand before a clergyman who said, we stand here before God and man, and we all witness what these two will be doing now. Don't you think it's kind of curious that the state needed to be involved with that? We know now, of course, that Mr. Calvin was responsible for the joining of these two. Never the two should be brought asunder, evidently. Do you want to promote that? And are you doing so by voting for this amendment? Go ahead and defend yourself. I'm ready. Yes, sir. Stand by. So you're, you're, you're making the case that government has no, should have no involvement in sanctioning marriage. I am saying that precisely. He's taking the, he's but, taking the emphasis but, off the, the marriage of the twain. But that's not really what the Bible teaches, though. Really? How so, sir? Because the, the scripture would have uh, the scripture would still be sanctioning marriages according to the uh, 
the established rabbinic government, Torah-based government. But the rabbinic Torah-based government, or we could uh, perhaps mold that as a theocracy, is not in what we live. Because we are in the diaspora. It's not that it's government involvement. It's that it's secular government I like that. Yes, sir. Precisely. Well, I was just going to say, it doesn't seem like the issue at hand is whether or not the state is involved in marriage. That's not what we're voting about. Either way, they are involved in marriage. So this is, the, the issue is completely separate. This well, is you, you want us to believe that. I mean, because you're stating it. Right. So I would question, should the marriage amendment be perhaps something along the lines of the state shall no longer be involved in the sanctioning of any unions of a religious nature? Right. Maybe that should be the marriage amendment. If it was. Would you I vote for that? that? Great. Absolutely. So he's on my side. Yes, sir. Well, I, I would question whether, whether, whether when you say in unions of a religious nature and... and what I would question is that when, when you look at I mean, marriage is more than a contract biblically. However, however, it is it is the foundation, or it gives us a glimpse of the foundation of all biblical contracts. And the notion of contracts, whether it's marriage or not, their similarities are being they, they have to be governed by judges. Without because question. If there's breach of contract, how do we deal with it? Absolutely. So so there's there's so the notion that government should not be involved in marriage because that was a religious element is 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 a very small argument when you compare it to all contracts. So let me see if I understand you. So if I've lost a theocracy or a biblical-based government and I'm now in the diaspora, I should try as much as possible to thrust all of my religious obligations into the state. No, 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 that's not what I'm I'm just I'm, what I'm offering is that you're trying to make marriage to be the only religious contract. I'm I'm, I'm simply raising it to say that it's the only one that's on the ballot next Tuesday. Oh, wait, wait, but but actually, then you have issues with any contract. So it's signing. You shouldn't sign contracts because the state is is the state will be the guarantor of that contract. The state will be the uh, the adjudicator of whether the two parties or three parties, whatever, are meeting their obligations to the country. I cannot simply acknowledge that we should forsake government entirely. That would be anarchy. But But in certain cases where the government has encroached upon the religious beliefs... There's no question the government has encroached, but what I'm offering is that contracts, all contracts are religious, religious in nature. That's my point. I would say... That uh, I see your point. So, so all of the all, because if, if I if I, uh, I would I promise you to do this for for today, I would certainly agree with you, and ask us: Shouldn't we remove marriage from the contract and put it back into the covenant arena? See, I think I don't think the Bible separates between covenant and contract. That's my point. I think it's. The I don't. Same. I don't think that we have in the Bible any type of covenant or ceremony, or anything regarding marriage. Sure. We have Adam taking his wife. No, actually it says, no, we have have divorce. We have evidence for divorce. We have evidence for... And and the biblical government will give a get to that woman, should it be necessary. But that's that's because there's been a contractual breach. 
without question. But we don't have the contract defined. The, well, the, the contract in the, in the scriptures is, is defined. Sure it is. Where? Uh, there's many definitions. Uh, here's an example is that uh, you shall not marry a, a woman's sister. Absolutely. You shall not, uh, you shall not withhold Absolutely. Uh, a, a child from, from your wife. That's true. So I've, I've got a whole lot of shall nots that I need to have. And I have one example or exemplar, if you will, of the right. And when this right is uh, with, well, not withheld, but uh, violated, uh, then I have specifications on what to do. And again, as to your point, there needs to be some type of ruling authority that will govern that. I submit that this would be community-based rather than governmentally based. So instead of being at the state level or at the federal level, I believe that this would be the elders of the community that would demand that the man give this woman a get, and as such is completely outside of the government. That's still government. Well, uh, uh, again, I, I would I would say that yeah, I, I would I would put it I, not back to your point, but I'm I'm still trying to back away from your point even further to say the local government here is the city of Matthews. That's the smallest local government that exists and is recognized. And I'm trying to say we should not allow marriage to even get that far. If your son wants to marry a young lady, then the elders of the community should make it official. Announce it to the community in some way, shape, or form. And should there be a breach, the elders of the community will ensure that a get is provided to this young lady. So we're, we're never involving ourselves with A, civil government, or B, even the, the smallest local government provided. Uh, did you want to speak on your behalf with regard to your marriage? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well, while you're here, yeah. I have two comments. I'll on the, the, the one you just made in a second. But first off, I'd like to take the Tevye approach. That is to say, on one hand, you're saying that we should, that we should not support a, a state, a secular state-ordained form of marriage. You're right. Uh, and so that, that's... We, so that's one. Everybody here would agree with that, in a in a in in, in, in a utopian world, right? Sure. In a, in a utopian world, and on the other hand, we have um, proactively preventing the uh, abuse. A, a, a biblical command that God has made very clear: He doesn't want to be abused. Right. So you have one. There's no Torah commandment that would have any prohibition mm-hmm. as far as the state. Mm-hmm. And then you have one that's very clear. It is a strong Torah prohibition, of which the consequence should be death. All right. So, so let me so, so let me let me pause for let me pause right there to make sure we're okay. okay. And I'm going to come back to the to the days of the master and just before. Okay. All right. So who is the governing civil authority, Jonathan? Today, at that time. At, at, at that time. At, at that time would be the Beit Okay. The the governing authority over all the people. Rome. They were in subjugation Rome. to Rome. Well, it, in the Master's Day, they were definitely in subjugation to Rome. But Rome, no, has, but no, for, the Beitin had power for right. making uh, for local for stuff. They could not could perform oh, yes. the death penalty, but everything else, yeah, right. and they did marriage. Sure. 
So, uh, so again, if even in this case, a sort of a pseudo diaspora, they're still in the land, but they're subjugated. They're looking for a Messiah who will free them from Rome. But Rome doesn't do the marriages. The Beit Din does the marriages. Or even, I, I'm not familiar at the time, the Beit Din, or is it just the... The local community. I mean, you're in Galilee. It had nothing to do with going up to Jerusalem exactly. to get married. Right? right? So the local, again, where, where I was here, the local assembly, the Beit Din there, is in charge. So I'm, I'm that, that's where I'm coming from. That's exactly what I'm saying, that our vote for the marriage amendment is simply promoting a sick system that we strongly disagree with. Is that worse than the sick system of homosexuality? Are you, are you asking me to choose the lesser of two evils in this case? Isn't that what politics is? We wouldn't vote. Isn't that what politics is? Paul gives us this instruction. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. This is written, obviously, to the, uh, the congregation in Rome. So Rome's included. There's no authority except from God. Those who exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever risks authority has opposed the ordinance of God. They, have, they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise for the same. It is not a minister of God, uh, for it is not a minister of God to you for good. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it is not it does for it does not bear the sword for nothing. It is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience sake. For because of this you also pay taxes, for rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due to them, tax for whom to whom it tax is due, custom to whom is custom, fear to whom is fear, honor to whom honor. Owe nothing to anyone except love to one another. The and, and then later on it goes talks about, you know, pray for the authorities so that you can live lives without Peace. strength. And actually that's the focus that I would like to, to bring this to. Understanding that the that the that the the, the inherent evils of all evil of all men. Uh, and recognizing that we have degrees of acceptability in others, because obviously in God's sight, everyone, all are sinners. Our sight, as we operate, some are better than others. Right. Those in authority are to be treated with honor, regardless of whether they, uh, whether they are worthy of that honor or not. But here's, here's the key, though. If, if I live in a society where marriage is sanctioned kind of, or promoted kind of like the Bible, at least it takes a judge to get involved to create or to, or to uh, uh, annul the marriage, right? What I have then is I have a society around me with children, which is the most important issue. Children, and, well, not just that, and also uh, a, a, a restraint against promiscuity. Um, because marriage is a restraint against promiscuity. Whether it's civil, atheistic, or religious, it still is a constraint against promiscuity. What that does is the society around me, in other words, if I'm supposed to be praying for my leaders because my leaders, I want to live peaceably, then I am concerned about the society around me and the degradation of that society, whether they're believers or not. Is there anyone here who disagrees 
that marriage upholds a society. Everyone agree with that? Okay. I'm going to defer there. I agree marriage, proper marriage, as biblical marriage, would would uphold a society. Red China, marriage is beneficial. Which in Red China is definitely a biblical model, whether they limit the amount of children or not. Right. Uh, Russia. Definitely, it's, it's, I mean, wherever you go, wherever you go, uh, even, even in, in I'm, say, please don't jump on me, but even in places uh, like that, that are controlled by Islam, it, it is beneficial. It is a human institution that is, that God has put into our DNA. So, so you would say, kind of biblical marriage is better than a free-for-all environment. Yeah. How many of you agree with that? Okay. I'm going to argue that... No, don't argue with me. Agree with me. No, I'm going to... (laughs) Even if I agree with you, I'm going to argue with you. Um, I'm going to argue that while I agree with this concept, I don't want to promote this grasping, if you will, of of the government in the affairs of men where it is unnecessary. So I would say that both the libertarian as well as the doctrinally absolutely pure, anal, retentive believer is going to be against this. I'll take all of you one at a time. Well, then it seems like you wouldn't vote then instead of not vote. Oh, to, to not vote is to vote the wrong way. No, 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 no. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Because you're, you don't you're promoting by what you approve. That's biblical. You're, yeah. you're promoting either way, either whether or not you vote. For me not to vote, for me not to vote is to say that one that there is no good in either side, and I believe that there is a better good served by getting the government out of the affairs of our faith. But you don't do that by voting against it. How do you figure that? Because it's, it has nothing to do with the affairs. It's all about the definition. I disagree. By having the, the state define a religious they, institution, the religious institution, that's my point exactly. But that's not what's they, on the table. Whether or not but it is. Oh, no, no. It's not whether it is, but by having them define it, it is now a secular institution. They remove it from a religious institution simply by defining it. It was never there. To, it wasn't there to begin with. Right now, correct. It's not there. And yes, and now they're going to have it there. So then it will be there for good, much to no, our actually, chagrin. That's not, no, that's not true. There is no marriage definition in our state constitution. I understand that, but it is a civil and religious institution. Only since 1575. Prior to that, it was not. Well, yes. This state hadn't been around that long. We're talking about this state. Marriage, I, I, I'm just saying what what what's good for the goose here is good for the greater country. Is, what I'm saying though is that the definition doesn't change the religious or non-religious nature of marriage. I believe it does. Send us down that slope it's because there, if it's not yeah. defined officially, it can be completely removed. Here's an example. Marriage, marriage if if we. Marriage is defined in the, in the, in the state. It is not. It is not. That's the problem. It is not defined. It is not defined. No, it's not. That's part of the problem. If, if here, marriage between one man and one woman is the only domestic legal union that should be valid or recognized in this state. If you change this marriage amendment to say 
marriage, I'm going to spitball here, marriage will no longer be defined or recognized one way or the other by the state. I would vote for that in a heartbeat. Tell me what a marriage license is. is I would say there should be no such thing. But what is a marriage license in the state of North Carolina today, before the amendment? It says that I am legally married. What? And, and up to this point, it has traditionally been. In other words, it It's had, not defined. That purpose for that was to define what was... Marriage. No. Yeah. No, it does not define marriage. That is what it does. No. Marriage between one man and one woman is the union. No, marriage is already recognized as state. It's 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 replete through the statutes. It it does not define it. It doesn't define the who the partners are. That's right. That's, Therefore, that's it's not the defined. That's thing that this is doing. That's what Greg's saying. This is this is defining marriage as being between one man and one woman. It does not define that there is such a thing as marriage and that it's ordained by the state and has religious. I agree that it doesn't define so that, that marriage Greg, exists. Point is, my point is, or against it does not change that issue. My point is that marriage has not been defined as one man and one woman up to this point. It has been. It has been understood. I'm saying you can't. You have to define a male. Well, or or an apple. You don't have to define an apple, and we can we can use the term apple, and nobody you know because everybody knows. Thought to define. Because you didn't need to. And I'm saying, let's not even go there and let them define it. Since it is undefined and understood, let it be undefined and understood. That's the point. Voting against it, it will change so that it will be redefined. Potentially. You are opening the door for it to be defined as something that it is not. But for that, there would need to be another amendment. No, there won't. Watch. My, my, no amendment's going to be required. From what I can tell, essentially the argument, and, and let me just summarize quickly so that way we can all be on the same page here. If I understand it correctly. Or, or know agree. that we are on different pages. <laughs> Rather, yes. Or what the pages are, at least. Um, the, uh, from what it appears is that both sides essentially are arguing a slippery slope argument. Effectively, for all intents and purposes, no nuclear bombs go off one way or the other on this vote, but if you vote against it, those who support it are concerned that this opens the door to judges and or possibly even the state legislature later saying officially that homosexuality is okay, which then um, compromises the very foundation of, of, of marriage in the state or whatever. Your concern is that this opens the door that says that um, the state now can define what marriage is. So the day they define it as a man and a woman, you know, five years from now, they define it as a man and a dog, or they define it as uh, anybody who's not Christian, or whatever. Um, so... Which is what they used to. So in, that, in a sense, the, the essentially the, the concern, and going back a little bit to Jonathan's point, is sort of a... Uh, which is a worse slippery slope, and which is the most likely one you're going to end up going down? Is effectively which the, 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 you slide down faster. Yeah, which, which, and which one's <laughs> yeah, What are the odds that, they, that they're going to change the constant? Did that summarize okay? The uh, dog. I, th- I, I think so. But let me put it this way. If I'm of the ilk that doesn't want the government involved in the affairs of my faith, what the fact that I believe that is completely irrelevant. Wouldn't you agree? If I believe that, it's irrelevant. I need to do something about it, right? So what am I... 
So if they're already involved and I want them uninvolved, what would I do? And I submit that (laughs) retreat is not an option at this point. Reload Reload is a better option than retreat. Peter. I have a couple things to say. Your last point, I feel like your position is as small a government as possible, which is commendable. But Some would say glory. <laughs> glory! Yeah, that's right. The idea, the idea now that we are um, living in a Torah lifestyle, Torah-based lifestyle, that the government can't or, or shouldn't be involved in our faith, is, it means they can't be involved in our lives. Because our lives are our faith. So you say you wouldn't want the government defining what marriage is, but don't you want the government to have rules? Like that? Would wouldn't you not want the government defining what murder is and stuff like that? Because you you wouldn't have the government at all, basically. Well, actually, you bring up a good point. since you brought up murder, it, it turns out that in the days of the master, there was a biblical definition of murder, and there was a definite, a, a definite difference between the man who lied in wait and the manslayer who didn't have it in his heart to hate his neighbor. So there was a definite difference, and the bait dean could determine whether or not the manslayer should flee to one of those six cities or not. And if he was, in fact, found to be a murderer, they were now unable to punish him biblically because they had to give him over to the government because the government was involved. The point is, in this secular society, don't you want to make every step you can to turn it into as much a theocracy as Ah, and therein lies the rub at the very base of it all. That's actually what I was arguing for, because we want to be left alone. We want a society that actually, even though it may not, it may not reflect our values, it's closer to our values so that our families won't be living... I mean, I don't have to worry about my children growing up with, you know, uh, with, you know... Bobby has... Four daddies and a dog down the road. You know? So, because, can. Because, so, because I understand that my, my children, that God's ways are better and that the society will benefit as close as it gets to the biblical model, the better the society will be. So. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe's returning for president. And I, not a chance. They would never vote for me. Um, but thank you. Um, so, so, therein lies the bottom line. Do we want to be left alone? Which was Rick's point, or do we want a biblical government? No, no, left, me left alone, but I don't want society left alone. My point is, can you really? Can you? Is it possible, in any way, in any diaspora country? Is it possible to affect? them so much that we would have a biblical government. So, we want to be left alone because we can't have a biblical government. So the question is, do you try and make it as close to a biblical government as you can, or do you do what 
our people have done traditionally and just kind of stay out of the way and be left alone while the society around them spirals into who knows what and normally disaster, which leads them to be taken then by other people and so forth. I don't think that's a history of Judaism. Well, the Torah... Uh, I, I would say the that only, only you rarely they saw... Were they were persecuted. No, they, 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 they were definitely in, in In this 500-year period, I'm on uh, the th- third wall... Second half, the Gaonic period, they had their own structure of struggle. The position to the caliph of, of no question. I mean, so he, but he, he wasn't involved in the government. He affected government, exactly. no question. I'm asking, should we try? Because I, I mean, let's look at the extremes. Should we stay completely out of the picture? And as Greg said possibly not even vote, or should we vote for a biblical or moves towards a biblical government over time? That's our duty as citizens. Is it really? Yeah. Are we to are we as citizens to try and turn our government into a biblical government? Is it possible? Well to get it as close as possible. Really? And can you show me where it says that? I was just—I missed that part. I was just looking for why, the why to try and get the government as close as possible to a biblical government. I mean, we just read Paul, and I agree. Yeah. Paul's Paul's right there. Pray for those. Yeah, it would be completely an irrelevant and empty prayer if you were playing for someone who you had no hope in. Really? Yeah. What would be the point? Okay, so Daniel's praying for this monster who's in charge of his government, Esther is praying for a monster. Did she actually try and make a change to the government? She did. Why? Because it was life and death. She even said, if it wasn't life and death, I wouldn't have even spoken up. If we were going to be given over a slave, no big deal. But because we're going to die, I have brought it to you. She implies right there, I think, perhaps, our design. Yes, sir. Okay, so we're going to go down the path of let's, uh, let's, with, let's kind of back away and... Torah libertarian. <laughs> then, then you should not be voting. <laughs> because voting so just, is not a biblical concept. So just stay out of it. Not in the Bible. So just stay out of it. Yep. For the reasons that you elaborated. Yes. It's an acknowledgement. Part of the argument you're making because voting in and of itself is is you, you're involving yourself in government. You're in the the I am I I'm not I'm not saying they don't have a place. What I am saying is when they want to, and they're giving me the opportunity to have a say-so, if they want to have more purview over religious affairs, I say we should tell them, no, stay out of that. But they're not. It's only civil civil affairs. We don't care. See, it's not for us that we're doing it. Are you considering marriage a civil affair? But in this case, for others, yes. Oh, 
for others, yes. That's the point of the document. The document specifically says that a private contract, hence a religious contract, can be entered in by anyone. Yes. Any circumstance. Yes. And in fact, but in the case of marriage, which is the first clause. No, 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 no. Oh, yes, it is. The first clause is marriage. In the case of legally recognized marriage, which affects things like taxes, which affects things like health insurance. Which I'm saying is what I'm trying to fight against. But when you're talking about taxes with with marriage uh, exemptions, you've already given the government control over marriage. You know, I find myself halfway down that slope and want to climb back up. So I'm asking how we do that. Halfway in, and now you want to be a purist. That's exactly. Absolutely. And would you agree with the law that is instituted by our government that says that you can be guilty by association? Absolutely. Does it trouble you at all that 99% of homosexuals would be voting against this marriage amendment then? So, so this is strictly an argument having to do with an ad hominem, right? Yourself. Completely an ad hominem. So if all of the homosexuals... <laughs> So if all of the homosexuals happen to vote for something that is absolutely biblical, by accident, I can't because I'll be associating myself with homosexuals. Come on. It's an ad hominem. It doesn't, it's not a logical argument. I can't, I can't even justify it. It's an appeal to logic. It's not. That's a really good try, too. Somebody had something over here? It's an ad hominem attack. Biblically, homosexuals wouldn't vote for what's biblical. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Living a lifestyle of sin would completely prevent you from making this decision in the right biblical way. You're saying that anyone who's living in a life of sin, which means that they steal on a regular basis, can't possibly make a right decision with regard to a vote. That's not true. Probability. Oh, wait, oh now it's a probability thing. Uh, come on now. So the state can do it, some things right. <laughs> I didn't say the state can't do things right. All I'm saying is, we live in the diaspora. What should we do? Should we leave it alone, or should we try and make it as biblical as possible? If we try and make it as biblical as possible, then I would submit that every one of us should be running for office and trying to make it a biblical government. And if you're not doing that, then you're living a lie. Or at least one of the punishments that, let's say you you meet a girl, you you hit it off, you you feel like you want to make that union known before God and you know before your friends and everything. Yes. And. You get married. Prior to 1575, that's exactly what you did, Absolutely. and your local community said, "God bless you." What are the What are the punishments that exist for completely leaving the the government, you know, out of it? What What, what exists? I mean, yeah. You know, what's you know, say, you know, you're married and you, know, you get the I, ring and. I think your question is: what, When we live what, in the diaspora, what can they do? When we live in the diaspora, how is the biblical government to perform any kind of regulation. And I would submit that in the days of the Master, that's exactly what they did. But I think what Johnny you do the best you can in the diaspora because you've got a local Beit Din. 
and they are the ones that perform that. If you find that a man is not providing for his wife, we in, the, in professing Christendom want to say the government should step in and take his kids away and should force him to pay you know, and do all of this. That, that's not the biblical model. The, the Beit Deen should get in there and the elders should slap this guy around and make him wake up. A man who doesn't eat, who doesn't work, shouldn't eat. And a man should provide for his family. What if he doesn't? It's the local community that should step in, not the government. Who should deal with the poor? Who should care for the widows? Should it be the government? Or should it be the local community? If it's the local community, then I would submit that every time our government is trying to step in and do that, we should stand up and go, excuse me, you can do that everywhere you want, but you don't need to do it here because we're going to take care of it. So you define, when you talk about local I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that the local bait dean, the, the, the governing elders of a community that can and should take oversight and care as shepherds over that local community. And it should have nothing to do with our civil government here in the diaspora. Okay, but, but here's the problem, though. If we're talking about like local community in a religious sense, whether it's that would, that would be it, yes. A Christian community. Yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm just going to work with ours. A, 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 the, the deacons in the local Baptist church, yeah. they have no authority to, to enforce that man in the congregation. I agree the that the professional Christendom has it all wrong. The rabbis don't have the power to enforce. They don't have the legal right to enforce. The only right they have is is to kick them out of the congregation. You know, which is exactly what said should happen. But the, but that, but the bait dean, the bait dean, biblically, not only has the pastoral... They have the power over life and death. I understand that. So I'm talking about the local community elders and, and all they can do. say the diaspora, we should say now, because it doesn't matter if you're in the land or not, you still can't. That's right. right. So I would say that, you know, the, the limit of their effect is to put them out of the community. But, 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 but you're making an argument for something that's not possible. What's not possible? It, it, it's not possible for the local community to enforce the, the guy who's not taking care of his kids to take care of them. He, the, the local, they can go counsel him, they can go rebuke him, they can go whatever, but they have no authority to actually make him do anything. Correct. So, when, so then if there's if nobody has the, the authority to do that, then the, the argument you're making that it's up to the local community, but the local community can't do it. And the local, local community can put him out. That's as far as they can go. Because they don't have the legal authority to go further, and there's no higher authority in our faith in the diaspora at this time. Right. So I agree. How, so how does your... How, so I, how that's, does that's, that's, that's the best we can do. So we, have so we do the best we can in the diaspora. So we couldn't come back in... We couldn't come back in... We couldn't come back into the community. Then we're left with... We couldn't come back into the land until we kept the commandments. So we do it the best we can until either Messiah comes back or we're back in the land in some type of a theocracy with a local big team. It's the best I can do. If you've got a better idea, love to hear it. And if it's take whatever local government you're in and try and turn it into a biblical government, 
I think that's failed for 2,000 years. What's the concept of tikkun olam come into play? I I would say that if each community is doing that and is living up as best they can to the Torah realm and the Torah mandates, we're doing as best we can while we're in the diaspora. I just want to challenge the history here. Uh, Prior to John Calvin and and, uh, Martin Luther, there was only one authority in the Western world that could create a union, and it wasn't civil. It was religious. It was the Catholic Church. People didn't just let's just say we're married. Or it wasn't just a local community. It was... Actually, that's exactly, that's exactly what the Jews did. You're talking about the Christians. Actually, actually, that's not true. Because the Catholic Church, although they weren't married in Catholic churches, the civil societies in various places across wherever they were scattered recognized their unions as legal unions in exactly the same way as the Catholic Union. The reasons that they were given the opportunity for inheritance or whatever else, and as, as opposed to bastard children, uh, illegitimate children, was because that they did recognize those, those unions. But that's not the case all over. Here in Babylon, and during that Gaonic period, the Pope was never consulted with regard to that. When they were in Babylon, no, 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 and, no, no, and when just, they were no, here... No, I understand that. I'm, in the Western world, though, we're talking about marriage... Yes, okay. it, which has been going on. Okay, so, so the society that Judaism was living in had had two had, had 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 two circles. The outer circle where people were married by the Catholic Church, and the inner circle where people were married according to a biblical model. Not necessarily all biblical, but, but, but according to a biblical. But you're starting over here, like in 400. Uh, anywhere, actually, from anywhere the Catholic Church began. Okay. Okay. They were. They were marrying according to their the Jewish customs, but the societies around them were recognizing those marriages so that the children could inherit. They okay. didn't say, "No, no, sorry, that that cannot property cannot pass uh, because Granted. you weren't really married." Granted. They didn't say they weren't really married, even right. though they weren't Catholic. And even though they didn't go through the Catholic ceremony, and even though they didn't have a license from the government, which was non-religious. However, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Though the governments did recognize it. So so part of what you're arguing is the government has no business in, in recognizing or not recognizing. I'm telling you, it's always been that way. Only since the beginning of the Catholic Church. No, always been that way. Abraham. You can, you can. Abraham and Sarah. And when Abraham bought that land so that he could bury Sarah, same kind of deal that I'm talking about. There is no... There's no. Here, here's, I think part, I've got of the a, issue is, part of the issue is you, you're seeing government as an official thing. Absolutely. But it's not. But it is. Government it always exists. I'm not saying government shouldn't exist. No, no, government. I'm talking about. I, I, I know. I'm not saying it shouldn't exist. So, so I'm, so I'm with you on that. So if we're in the gates of this, so if we're, if we're in the gates of the city. We've got those, those things you're talking about have existed and are biblically recorded as being issues of civil government. Absolutely, see, without this, question. That's, yeah, that's where I'm disparate with you. I don't, I don't see a difference between civil and religious on this issue. And the biblical model actually doesn't either. Here's my point, and that's what I've been arguing all along, is you say marriage is the, is the, is the religious covenant that the government has no business being involved with. I say murder or punishing murders is a religious concept. It's not a civil concept. Yes. So all of the things that government does, 
whether it's official or not, whether it's unofficial or official government, all the things that government does, if it does things that are consistent with Scripture, should be promoted. So, if we have a man and he is living out his life, we believe his religious or his faith life should be in accord with his civil or business life. Or, to put it more bluntly, as I think most of us would, there should be no difference in his life regardless of whether you see him at work, at play, or in his faith. Because his faith is, is his life. So, if my faith is my life, if it's all wrapped up in one ball of wax, who's the authority? God and the people that he's placed in authority over me, whether they're official or not. God first. Yes. Who's second? Who's, who's second? Who's second? Do you, do you want to go down the list of parents? Do you think parents are next? No. No. Parents aren't next. Who's next? Uh, it would be the government. Local government. Well, well, I wouldn't have thrown the local. Really? I, I would just, just say the nation. Federal and local. So, just well, government in general. Authority is actually a better way, because my boss is my government. Okay. But your boss can't tell you to kill the child next door. Because there's a government over him. Government that says that he can't. So we could say that he's a part of the government or authority structure over you. No That's question. Why I don't use the word government. I say authority. Okay. So so my point is, if it's authorities, God given, God first, and then God given. That's the GG here. Define God given. Secular authority. Authorities. Oh, give it a break. God-given authorities are the, the ones that God has placed over you. Anybody. Absolutely. They could be Caligula. They could be President Obama. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Obama and Caligula in the same sentence. Uh, there it is. You know. <laughs> Bomb. President. Boom! Okay. <laughs> They're recording now. And yes, sir. I said Caligula the married his horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun here and argue with myself. Um, oh you you can use me if you want. <laughs> and with uh, with regards to the discussion that going on earlier about that you, should the state be the enforcers of the religious um, issues, because as my dad's pointed out, everything in a sense is somewhat religious, at least almost all of the biblical social laws are uh, both in a sense religious and civil. Um, 1 Corinthians 6 does argue that you should not take your brothers to the courts, rather that it should be judged by the community. Yes. Um, the flip side to this question, and another element to consider, is that Johnny raised earlier, and that's what does this law, what is, what is this law adjudicating? Specifically, what this law is adjudicating is not punishment. This law is adjudicating who gets the rights to benefits 
granted by marriage. Should, There's no part of the law that says if you try to get married outside of the government force, the police will come and beat down your door. That's not what marriage is. If I wanted to get married at 14 and have a ceremony, quote-unquote, and go live in my house with my girlfriend, there'd be no problem with that. Well, actually, there would be some problems with that. You're free to <laughs> That's already established. Don't say you. Yeah. Talk say. to the third person. <laughs> Use Ken. He's great to you. Let me start over there. The other Ken. If any... Let me phrase that. Let's say I wanted to be really, really apart from the government and ignore the state altogether and get married sometime later this year, sign the Kaduba, have a nice little hoopa ceremony with my very uh, appropriate aged wife, and then, um, and we just ignore the government whole clause. No, the reality is nothing at all changes right. except the fact that I can't say I'm married for taxation purposes. I can't uh, use that with regards to insurance and other types of things. I can't necessarily claim certain dependents or whatever else. So effectively, whoa, 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 stop right there. The most important part is your children will not be recognized as your children. That's the point. And you've already violated the Word of God by not including that. But my point is, on this issue, my, my argument that I'm trying to make, though, is that what this law specifically is dealing with, more than anything else, is specifically who has access to the benefits of marriage. It doesn't prohibit you from having a, a religious marriage of any time. Nor does it place any limitations on that. All it says is from a legal, civil perspective, this is the people who the government will grant benefits to for being married. Exactly. And my question is, should we allow them to define that and continue... But by being married, I already do that. ...and continue to promote their inclusion in the whole marriage Deal. There is a, my there is my a act message. of voting is actually not allowing them to define it. It's allowing me to define it. Because it's a government <laughs> by the people. That's right. So I am the one defining it when I vote for it. I'm saying this is what marriage is. And it's not that's and why they're biblical. giving it up to us. They're like So Here, here's the proposal. So what So you're you're saying that in order for me to keep this faith and business combined as much as possible that I must affect the civil side and these God-given authorities as much as possible to make it as much as I can a biblical example. You gotta say. I mean, if they don't give you a say, that's different. But if you get a say, they say, hey, how do you define marriage? Oh, I'm sorry, I can't define marriage because you may misuse that. Like, what are you talking about? I do define marriage as a man and a wife yes, and a woman. So That's exactly. it. That or, oh, I'm sorry, I can't because my goal isn't to make you more biblical. That's, <laughs> that's the worst. Because that's So if my goal is not not to make them more biblical, and my goal, yes, and my goal is not to not be involved, but rather to distract them as much as possible <laughs> from all of the... F- faith-based stuff that they should have no party in. Because I believe that the scripture is clear about what part the government should be involved in with regard to punishment, bearing the sword, 
not bearing the tax credit, bearing the sword. No, wait, do, do you get an extra thing for twisting the hand? That's good. That's good. But the context of everything there is the context of all those civil ramifications and whatnot are always in a Israeli biblical theocracy concept. And we know that God says you're not going to have that forever. I'm going to kick you out. You're going to deal with these things. You're never going to have the ability to make it as biblical as I'll get out. You're going to have to struggle with these things. So, so at, at a certain point, I don't see the, the purpose of trying to fight it, of, of saying, I, I, there's, there's no way I can make this clearly biblical, so why do anything? So, why, why so, so let, me, let me see. I got, I got you both. Let me just make a statement. So, so in 1575, the government got involved in ordaining and approving and licensing marriage. You guys are convinced that because that happened, because there was a legal change and government became licensors of marriage, we could never go back. We're stuck. If that's your argument, why are you allowing a yet another legal change that we can never go back from simply because you happen to agree with this one. Sounds like it'll be a little hypocritical. You, then you. Well, it's been boiled down to two choices. You can either, like, Grizzly Adams it up in, in the mountains somewhere. Forsake it all. For, yeah, forsake it all. Because in order to, do, to because you, you couldn't use government-endorsed roads and infrastructure. Which I'm not saying. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm just saying that, well, I'm just saying that the government... Has the government is designed for the good of the people? Well, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just saying that. Uh, wait, just let me finish the thought. Um, you could, for lack of better words, divorce the government, <laughs> or you could do your best to find your way into the highest position of influence you could in order to. Let beliefs of a uh, of a community such as this, with similar values and beliefs, infiltrate as much as possible this greater GG authority. So, so, so again, your your point is your point is I can either run away, stick my head in the sand, or I can be so totally involved in government that I will try and make it as biblical as possible. Yes, as an individual. But there's but. Run away like that, but if you had several like-minded people, sure, well, you could well, make it a but, little while. But the bottom line is, in your mind, the better point of valor is to get so totally involved with the government that I'm going to make it as biblical as possible. And I would say, sir, that that is not our calling. Our calling is not to be so involved with the diaspora government that we are trying to make some ungodly nation as godly as possible. You know, there was a couple before you, but because <laughs> because you speak so rarely, we want to recognize this. So uh, let me see if I get uh, let me let me see if I get your point, Ken. You're you're seeing these men as as a saving influence, a saver of life in a dying generation, and as such, they should be. Striving 
to change and cause our faith to be permeating the civil government. Is that is that your point? We've got half the world's lot of Bob in this room right now. Let's uh, <laughs> let's take a break, have some coffee, and we will come back on that note. Uh, <laughs> Let's go take a break. (laughs) 